Hey, it's EDB. That's Eric Deshaun Baird for this day 28 of month 5, 2023. It's Pentecost Sunday, which brings me great pleasure to announce that our meditation will begin in just a few moments. Good greetings and salutations, one and all. That's for all the people who may be celebrating morning or who may not celebrate morning, because, you know, over there in, in London, it's uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Well, it's still morning in London. It's 11 a.m. or 11.30. Okay. In, in London. And uh, just because I'm, let me see here. Uh, it, it, I want to make sure. I, yes, 11:30 in London, 12:30 in Berlin, 1:30 in Baghdad. You get the point. Maybe we can't figure out what this morning even is the moral of the story. Okay, we needed to know that. Thank you. I'm glad you did. I can tell you that in in Shanghai is four o'clock, and in Jakarta is five thirty, and in Manila is six thirty. If you want to know more. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Education. And then in Melbourne. I'm in, Berlin, I'm in Berlin, so I'm going by now. <laughs> oh well, well, well. It's eight thirty if you're in Melbourne, so you know. I just thought you might want to know that too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> On the other side of the world, in in, in Melbourne, actually, it's yeah, it's still today. Yeah, by the time we get out, it'll be tomorrow, though, so you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what time is happening over there. Well, good morning to all of you again, and, or afternoon or evening. Or, or, you might listen to this on Tuesday of 2097. Mm. I'm sure Mama Bell will still be here. I'll be here, but... <laughs> Yeah. 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 Belle says she's going to wait for the rapture because that'll save her on burial costs. (laughs) You got that right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's holding me up now. (laughs) (laughs) Why, why, Why pay for a funeral when you can just be caught up? That's so true. Yes, yes. Well, again, it's good to be with you. Uh, and uh, I want to, uh, if you got a pen and paper or or, or you can remember it, uh, I put it somewhere. Where did I put it? I put it right here. Uh, you can tell folks to call in, 518-263. You know the number. You dialed in. But the other piece of business that I would like for you to put in your repertoire is the replay number, 978-990-5097. Again, 978-990-5097. If you want that, we can uh, definitely get that. What that is is they can call in and put in the the service number, which at this point, don't ask me what that number is going to be, but it's going to be... Uh, I can tell you in about two seconds. 
looks like it's going to be 308. Yeah, that they can call in after service. And if they missed it, you could tell them they can catch the service on the replay. So tell folks to call in and, and chat and, and connect. Uh, uh, if not, they can definitely find how to get it on the Internet. Uh, those of you who have text messaging, uh, the service will or, or a copy of it will be placed in your your text messages around about the eleven o'clock hour, uh, which which will be one o'clock over there in, in Melbourne. So, uh, Mama Bear, you're gonna have to get up and answer your text message in the middle of the night if you don't. Okay, I'll let the message thing take it. All right, all right. Make sure you make a note of that. That is all the things that I want to put into your hearing or into your mind for right now. It's Memorial Day tomorrow, so or it has been somewhere in here, you know, time zones and days and stuff. But we're in the Memorial Day season, so we want to take a moment to pause and and uh, meditate over those friends and family members who we have lost either to war or who have just moved on, transition, if you please, all of those folks kind of fall in line. Most time we think about uh, Memorial Day, we only think about the people who have been lost in battle. But sometimes we don't think about the folks who have just lost the battle, and that's the battle of mental health and the battle of of all sorts of other issues that were the effects of war. So we want to take time to think about those fine people. Mama Bell is going to play in brother in just a few minutes, and Brother Dennis can definitely uh, put more words on uh, our Memorial Day, and Mama Bell will come after him. You know how they do. They got their little thing together, and they just handle their business. And then uh, we'll – make way for our pastor who is also here, and he will uh, pray and meditate and sing with us, and then we'll see what the end is going to be. But before they get together, Mama Bell and Brother Dennis and the, our great pastor want to read something to you, something to lead us into meditation. A little poem I want to read to you. It's called The Apple. And Adam fell to his knees with sorrow. Without Eve, there is no tomorrow. He took the fruit and closed his eyes. He knew the serpent had told her lies. He took a bite and felt his own weakness. His eyes were open in the midst of darkness. He wept. And as their creator descended softly in the garden, Adam and Eve considered asking for pardon. But instead they hid amongst the giant flowers. God in his mercy softened his powers. And he asked, why did you eat the apple? From now on with Satan you will grapple. But you will not fight him alone. I will eventually leave my throne, and I will bring you both back home. 
meditate on that as my dear Mama Bell plays for us. morning, everyone. Welcome to the end of May, so to speak, and uh, the beginning of uh, summer, I guess. This uh, weekend is considered that as far as uh, vacations and things going on in our lives. But it's also uh, Memorial Day weekend where we take time to remember not only those that have died in the war, but the families that have also made that sacrifice during this period of time. You know, there were people out uh, passing out poppies and uh, the little red flowers that uh, came from Flanders back in the day to remember those that lost their lives during World War One. So if you see somebody with a poppy on, you know that they're remembering, remembering what uh, these people have done, what they gave, the ultimate sacrifice. It's not just going out and buying a mattress or having a, a party. 
but uh, when you just take a few minutes uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, you know, and remember, and say a prayer. Say a prayer for those who are active duty that uh, face danger uh, in their uh, profession. Uh, we just want to thank you for that. Uh, just remember, just remember, you know, it's uh, sometimes uh, veterans need to talk about it, and uh, sometimes veterans don't need to talk about it. Just be cognizant of, of when they do and when they don't. And if they do, just be listening. Give them that ear. The most important, show them that love. And we want to thank you again for being here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to First Virtual Church. You'll, uh, hopefully you'll be inspired and hopefully you'll be moved by, by the message and uh, as we've already been by the music. And uh, we thank you. Uh, we thank uh, you that uh, you've joined us. Uh, Mama Bell's going to come and play the song that we have taken as our anthem, that Jesus loves us. And just, uh, just remind you that he does and he always will. Mama Bell. another day that you have allowed us to come together to congregate on this wonderful day that you have given us. God, we thank you. We praise you. We use the voices and the breaths and the bodies that you have given us to praise you back for giving that which you have given us. And we thank you, Lord. For the very breath is in our bodies. We thank you for the life that you have given us. We appreciate you for so loving us that you did give your only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
We honor you this morning, Lord God, as you have honored us with life. And we thank you, Lord God, for the joy of salvation. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. And we thank you for the blood that will apply just for us. And as we have come this morning, we come with open hearts and open minds that you, Lord God, may fill us and use us for your glory. And, Father, as we come this morning, we pray and we, we give you thanks for all that you're doing and all that you've done. Thank you, Lord God, for the many sacrifices that many have made during the life of, of, of man. And we thank you, Lord God, especially for the life that men and women of service have given to this United States of America, given their life that our mainland will be will remain free, and we thank you, Lord God, for all of the many men and women, women that have given their lives and have uh, given their substance and given their time for the service of all of us, and we honor you for that. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the sacrifice of their children and what they have made and then their wives and their spouses, Lord God. And, Father, now we pray for those who have lost loved ones, and we pray for them that you would strengthen their heart and encourage them, Lord. We pray for that spouse. We pray for that child, whether it had been one day ago or many years ago. Father, they're still here to to cherish the memories of those who have given up their lives that we may have the freedom of doing what we are doing right now. And, Father, we pray that your comfort and love, your Holy Spirit, will gird them and surround them and give them what they need, Lord God. I pray, God, that they would take the memories of those loved ones and and harness them today and tomorrow and and from time to time for the rest of their lives as they remember the joy of laughter, as they remember the smiles, as remember the as they remember the great presence and impression that they left for us to remember. And God we pray for that in Jesus' name. Many, Lord God, lost their lives in the line of service, in the line of duty. And Father, Lord God, I can't imagine receiving that news that they, many had to receive of their fallen loved one. And I pray, Lord God, that it will not continue if it is a continued uh, repeat of, 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 of a day of agony, a day of pain, a day of hurt. I pray, Lord God, that you would turn it into a day of joy, a day of knowing that they left here doing something that's protecting them and us even right now. And, God, we thank you. We thank you and recognize all of those who are now serving in our Army and our Marines and our Navy and our Air Force and our Cyber Forces and Coast Guards, even our local police officers and all the agencies um, that the government has released in the earth uh, uh, to bring forth protect. Father, we pray, God, that you will strengthen and, and continue, Lord God, to allow us to have the number one defense system in the world driven and led and carried out by 
the best men and women of the world. And, Father, we just pray, God, that you will continue to protect them and shield them and continue to stretch them beyond their limitations and giving them what they need. I pray, Lord God, that you will still allow them to be innovative and continue to be strong. And, Lord God, using the minds that you have given your people, Lord God, to be one, Lord God, that will continue, Lord God, to bless you as they serve this country. And we thank you for that. And, Father, we pray, Lord God, for uh, now your your prayer warriors, your your people that are called by your name. They have been humble themselves and seeking your face and turning from their evil ways as they have been the backbone of, of those who physically was in war. While they was on their, while they was, uh, or many that was fighting with guns and missiles and planes and other artillery, we thank you for those who were fighting on their knees, they bent their knees and, and sought out you, Lord God, for protection and sought out you, Lord God, for different solutions and better solutions as it came down to war. Father, we thank you for our mothers of Zion. We thank you for those who, uh, be it, that had given up themselves as well to pray and to seek you, Lord God, on the behalf of our troops and those those who are are in our uh, uh, protections agencies. And, God, we thank you for that. And, Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you will continue to move by your power Father, we pray, Lord God, for those who are walking in ignorance that have not discovered or made note of what is going on around us, Lord God. And, and Father, we just pray your strength upon them, Lord God. As we often um, say, God, if it had not been for you, if it was on our side, we don't know where we'll be. And we thank you, Lord, for being on our side. And, Father, we just pray, Lord God, as we continue to live for you and to lift our voice for you, Lord. God, I know one thing, we'll never be ashamed or be made ashamed as it relates to you and the things of God because you are a great God, a great king, a ruler. You rule over us, and we thank you. We thank you because we can cast all our cares upon you because you care for us, and we honor you for carrying us this morning, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. At this time, we will um, give time for you to pray. I know the Lord has laid something on your heart, and, you know, um, Pastor Booth might didn't mention all that was on your heart, but now's the time that you can do that. Let's talk to the Lord, all of us. Let's go now.
heart soldiers in the army. We have to fight, although we have to fight. We have to hold up the blood-stained banner. We have to hold it up until we die. Oh, we are soldiers in the army. We have to fight, although we have to fight. We have to hold up the blood-stained banner. We have to hold it up until we die. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's the Lord. That's the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, that's the same. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. We're going to find ourselves dealing between 1 and 21, but I want to point out a detail for us. that I think will, I believe, will make all of the rest make sense. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, verse 14, Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaim to them, fellow Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be known to you and pay attention to my words. I would like to take for a thought. Hey, church folks, listen up. Hey, church folks, listen up. And all those in agreement with the word respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Pentecost is a part of the Christian liturgical calendar. Of course, it Uh, represents a focal point of completion. It is 50 days after Easter, seven Sundays, those two uh, synonymous with uh, the creator of the universe. Seven, you know, is his favorite number because it was on day seven when he sat down and looked at all of his creation and realized that he had done a good thing. It was good, he said, on day seven. Fifty is the day of completion, 40 days of suffering, and 10 of triumph make 50 a moment of completion. 50 and 7 is very important in the Godhead 
Pentecost and Easter and Christmas are three of the liturgical days that hold more significance than any other liturgical day in the Christian calendar. That being said, we find ourselves now 50 days after. One theologian said it took Jesus 40 days to get folk in line and 10 days for them to figure out that he was gone and what they were going to do with themselves. Uh, But you find ourselves with these individuals together. They were all in one place. You would notice with me something that is very interesting that I would like to deduce for uh, just a train of thought, for consideration, if you please. Uh, They were all in one place. You don't find denominational and church separation. They were all... In one place, they had all found themselves under the auspices that there was one Lord and one faith. Amos asked the question one day. He said, how can two walk together except they agree? This brings us to an even bigger understanding because how can we share a faith when we are divided by liturgical and theological and denominational uh, differences. The Baptists feel one way, and the Methodists feel another way, and the Presbyterians feel a third way, and the Pentecostals feel like everybody else is going to hell, and then the Episcopals over there, bless their heart, doing what they do. They accept everybody to the Episcopals, and then did I forget the Methodists? They drunk. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. The Pope won't include it, too. Yeah. How do you come together and center yourself around something that focuses on unity mm. when we're divided by denomination and religious and theological and denominational differences? I had a conversation with uh, somebody the other day. She ain't saved. Y'all pray for Rev. Chavis. Uh, we were talking, and she just graduated from the cemetery school. And uh, we were having a conversation, and she said, you know what, uh, Pastor? I said, yes, Reverend. She said, Pastor, let me tell you something. I said, what you going to tell me, Reverend? She said, I'm going to tell you that from the time that Jesus died on the cross, if you would go back and recall when he died, there was something that happened in the temple. I said, yes, yes, it did, it did, it did. They said, what happened in the temple, Pastor? Well, Reverend, there's a little, little veil up in there, won't it? Yeah, a little old, big old iron curtain kind of like over there in the Soviet Union. The big old iron curtain was up there. Yeah. And and, and wasn't there a, a heavenly sewing lesson? Yeah, see, God took the, the Holy Ghost shields. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. I, I saw it because we old enough, you know. Yeah, we all old as dirt. You just prettier with yours. And uh, he took them shears and he went straight up the middle, didn't he? I think he came from the top down because God don't bend down for nobody. So he had to come down. Okay, I understand. 
Mm-hmm. And so he went and stripped that thing in half. But you know something between that occurrence and this brother named Constantine who decided that he could make some money off this thing called church. That's when I realized she won't save because she went to attack church. See, when you start attacking church, you ain't saved. When Constantine decided that he was going to bring us back to the thing that God had ripped up some 300 years ago, because he realized he could make some money. And that the denominational division between the Catholics and the Church of England and the, and the Church of Rome and the Church of Italy and the Church of Sicily and all these different other churches, he felt that he could capitalize off of our division. And he took this moment of unity and all throughout time, you hear it, when Paul went out and he was dealing with the church at Ephesus because they hated the Thessalonica church and the church at Corinth thought that they was better than the Galatian church and the Galatian church thought that they knew more than the Ephesian church and the Ephesian church was mad because the girls wouldn't come by and bring the liquor. And the children was rebelling because daddy won't treat them right. Y'all read the book. And so all up in there, they found the loophole to drive away between this moment of unity. And now we find ourselves on Pentecost more divided religiously than we've ever been in our lives. They were all together in one place. The other fascinating thing about this that uh, most of us know, but, you know, we drive past it because, you know, religion is hard. And we got to do this every Sunday. So, you know, we, we, we can't really focus on one thing. We got to hit you with one good topic, hope that it makes you feel good about your life, and then you'll come back next week. Pay your tithes, too. That's a good thing because no matter how light of you. <laughs> you think about this moment a few weeks ago, there was a meeting over in Hiroshima. Hiroshima is where the gigantic world leaders, I said the gigantic because we're talking about leaders and and nations like the United States and Canada and Germany and France and the United Kingdom, Uh, old Trudeau from Canada and old Sunak from the UK and Macron from France and Biden from these states united and and you had a a dude from, uh, Lord bless my heart, India over there. Can't think of bless his heart name. Old Zelensky was there. All of these world leaders had come together to have a conversation. But what happens in those meetings is that they're scattered around this big table, and and they have this little bug in their ear. They call it a translating box. And the best way that those leaders can communicate with each other, those who are not bilingual, is through this translating box. But here you got a meeting of the United Nations, if you please. They were all there on a big conference, and, and 
everybody started without a translating box, without closed captions, hearing their own language. There's a difference between talking in tongues and talking in other languages. And I feel that there's a disconnect, especially amongst our religious people, because it is not talking in tongues that is the centerpiece of Pentecost. Paul had a conversation about that some time ago, and he explained the difference. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men, and of angels, when you're talking about Pentecostalism and the speaking in tongues, you're talking about the tongues of angels. That is a communication that happens between you and God. But Pentecost is centered around the tongues of men. It was the full circle, if you please, of that great moment at the Tower of Babel when those fine folks had found themselves at that moment on one accord, but that moment of unitation or unitedness was at a devious state, and God decided, hey, I think we might have an opportunity here. I think we might have figured this out. It's kind of like being put on punishment. You've been put on punishment. You did something crazy, and God or your your mama or you decided you're going to put the baby on punishment and take away his toys and take away his his Xbox and his his iPhones and his tablets and all those other accoutrements that he might have that entertains or she. And then you take it away for a little period of time, and then you come back and you're, all right, cool, we'll give it back to you. Maybe this time you can try this again and you can get it right. And so God came down and decided to put back what he had taken away, except he put it back in a different way, which was astonishing. But then you got crazy head over there. Um, earlier this month, uh, Mama spoke on Mother's Day, and she talked about her grandmother. And she talked about that every tub got to stand on his bottom, and that was a good thing. I'll never forget about that because I, I thought she told me I stank. I did need to take a bath that day, and I think she got church time to remind people of that. But but apart from every tub need to stand on his bottom, there's another saying that my dear granny used to say. Granny used to say in every church there's a church mouse. <laughs> And a church jackass. <laughs> and if you look in our text, here come the church jackass. <laughs> Sitting over there in the corner. Oh, oh, these must be some Methodists. Uh-huh. Over there drinking. That's the problem here. Yeah, they drunk. And Brother Peter... You know Peter. Peter don't take no mess off nobody. Peter cuss you out in a heartbeat. Brother Peter got a temper. Brother Peter had to have been black. <laughs> you can't convince me Peter was a white man because Peter would cuss you out like he was a hooligan, like he was a nigger. Uh, Peter would stand up and say, listen here. First of all, we ain't drunk. It's only 9 o'clock. The bar ain't open yet. 
Mm-hmm. All the workers of the night is still sleeping. What mm-hmm. bars do you know operate at 9 o'clock in the morning? No, 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 we are not drunk. Mm-hmm. But what you have here is a moment that has already been written. It has already been discussed. Prophet Joel sat down and had a discussion about this some time ago. Don't you remember? Mm. The prophet Joel. Now, before we get to that, we must first deal with one piece of business that's fascinating to me. Because if you recall, Brother Peter, Brother Peter was the guy that uh, at the time of Jesus' arrest took the knife to his ear, the soldier's ear. You remember I told you Peter had to be a Negro. He can't, you can't tell me Peter got an attitude like that won't black. He might have been black, Ethiopian, Navascosian. He has some type of some type of urbanness in him because he has no restraint on his attitude when you cross him. Mm. Peter didn't, oh, I wish you wouldn't do that. Peter had a different tone. You know, there's a difference. It's, it's a fascinating thing. How I wish you would means two different things coming out of two different languages. Out of the more timid, I wish you wouldn't do that, Brother Jimmy. I just wish you would act right, Brother Jimmy. I just see that is more of a request. But when it comes out of a black man, I wish you would stand up there, boy. (laughs) See, that's a demand. Same two words, two totally different meanings. Peter said, wish you would come mess with Jesus. Then after that, Peter went off and and he denied Jesus. And he walked away after the rooster said, ha, come so (laughs) ha. Then Peter ran off. And you didn't hear anything else about Peter. But now all of a sudden, this Negro with a bad attitude should have been in jail on multiple charges. Mm. Is now standing up as the head of the First Baptist Church of Holy Ghost Field. Bless him, Jesus. Bless him. How did this crook get elected to the pastorship? He didn't find, did he find himself worthy amongst the saints? Was he vetted by the other ten? Did they sit down and have a caucus meeting and decide that we need a two-thirds vote? Did they call him in for a trial sermon and then send him back for a peer review? No. And he got up, and he spoke a sermon. Now, notice with me very clearly that this had to be a Presbyterian sermon because the whole sermon is in the Bible. (laughs) 
Now, that confused me because how this obvious black man preached this short message. Mm. It take you five minutes to take a text. Mm. Pastor Booth know about that. Took him 25 to pray one Sunday. Mm. <laughs> but Peter expresses himself. And then he goes and he starts to describe thus Peter. He has to first remind them of where this came from, that this was already discussed. We listen, we already talked about this. All of you members of the head of the boards Mama Bell and Mama Grant, all you head of the boards, you know what it's like when you go into the board meeting and you trying to move on to point B and C and you got to go back and remind them what A was because somebody crazy didn't show up. And you 25 minutes into your speech or 25 minutes into your meeting and here come Elder Joe Payne. <laughs> 35 minutes late, mm-hmm. confused, and you got to go back 25 minutes to catch Jophine up. I didn't mean to call that name, but she did, so whatever. <laughs> and so Peter reminds the people, we've already been here. We talked about this. Joel came in for a conference. We paid nine ninety nine for this conference by Joel. You remember? We even got his books and sold them out in the lobby. Mm. Y'all didn't read the books? The church got them at wholesale. Y'all didn't read them? Mm-hmm. All right, let me go back and tell you. He said, and in the last days. Now, I used to find myself frustrated with y'all last-day Christians. Oh, you want to find a way to cook my goose? Get up and start preaching about the end times. You know, we living in the last days. We living in the last days. Don't make no sense how bad the world is. We living in the last days. Only people preached about the last days was the widows and the girls that didn't want you to know they had boys at the house. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they got a boyfriend, they started getting life in them again. But once that boy left, it was back in the last days. But then the last day hit me. Because the last day is not necessarily a negative thing. But the last day is a correctional thing. We go back to our poem that we read about the apple. In that poem, it reads at the end, Why did you eat the apple? From now on with Satan you will grapple, but you will not fight alone. 
I will eventually leave my throne and I will bring you back home. The last days is when God comes down to righten all the wrongs. Wasn't it at the end where it says, and the last shall be first? It is a resetting. It is a writing and is taking the crooked and making it straight. It's, it's the final time when you ever had a picture on your wall and that picture was just as crooked, messed up your whole decor. I sat in some houses and looked at them crooked, and the lady had a crooked picture on her wall. I said, Lord Jesus, please help me keep my eyes closed because that picture's so crooked. Oh, Lord, at least you could straighten the crooked. I mean, the, the carpet is nasty. It smells like dog urine and everything else. We can get by that, but just just straighten the picture. Let's start with that. And then she straightened the picture, and it seemed like all was right with the world. What has happened is that God put the picture on the wall, but then because of the issues of the culture, the picture shook a little bit and got crooked. And so now God has to come and straighten the picture out. That's the joy of the last days. But before we get to that, we have to talk about the process of straightening the picture. Because it may be that you have to reset the picture. You may have to pull the picture off the wall. It may be that the nail that was holding the picture up is not properly secured to the wall. It may be that you need a new frame because some condensation might have gotten the frame and the condensation messed the picture up or the frame up so now it doesn't sit flush with the wall. So you have to replace the frame. It may be that you just didn't put it up there with the right right tools. You got to go get one of them picture hangers and put it up there. You might have to take a day's work to measure out the wall because you just can't do math and you don't know 12 on center. It could be a variety of variety of things. That's the reason why that picture is not straight on the wall. Peter, reminding the folks of Joel, said it. In the last days, how the culture was going to get rightened, we have to listen to our old men. Because our old men can tell you where we've been. They can sit down and tell you the stories of the past, the stories of the struggle. They not only can tell you how or that we have overcome, but they can tell you how we've overcome. And then you pay attention to the young because the young can see where we're going. If I can get old folks and young folks on the same page, grandma can teach about sewing and about washing chicken and salt and vinegar. and She can teach you how to cook a stew, a pot roast, can teach you how to survive when the lights cut out. But but Junior can teach you about technology, teach you how to text, teach you how to pay your bills online, teach you how to call for an Uber, teach you how to order your groceries. Young men 
see the future. They see the possibility of where we're going. They see the flying cars. They see the electric vehicles. They see the trains and the jack GPT and the AI. They see all of that. But then old folks can tell you what happened when all that junk shut down. <laughs> when AI has a bad day and jack GPT don't want to be bothered. Then you got to go back to a needle and thread and make a call by crawling up the phone like Oliver and Green Acres. <laughs> Young men shall prepare for the future, while old men shall build the foundation based on the past. And then... It says something else, and I'm going to leave you alone. I thank you for your time. You've been so kind on this Pentecost Sunday. Then you've got these other folks down there. Paul reminded them by way of Joel, even the help will not be forgotten. All the cooks the cleaning ladies, the ones that come in and back of schools and scoop your dog poop out the yard, the ones that wash your drawers and make sure your hand teeth is clean. Even the lower class will be elevated. There's a survey out, um, been out for some time now, called the 2050 plan or 2045, one of them numbers. I don't remember the details. Please forgive me. But it talks about something that's got all the 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 non-pigment people, the non-melon attractors. Ah, oh, this guy all the white folks going crazy. How about just go ahead and say it? Because it speaks of a time when at least this nation will no longer be dominated by European descent. It speaks of a time when these states united will fully be known as a majority minority. The end times is vastly approaching when at, for the first time in over a century, a quarter of your top executives are not all white men. For the first time in over a century, your local houses of government is not completely dominated by all white men. For the first time in over a century, the wealth gap is balancing to where there are more people of European and non-pigmented descent that are on services like food stamps and WIC than black people. You have more rich black folks than white folks in this time. 
for the first time, the last is shifting to first. And I'm not talking about from a racial perspective. I'm talking about from a social perspective. 25 years ago, if you didn't have a college degree, you didn't survive in this world. If you didn't matriculate from Harvard or Morehouse or Yale or Stanford, if you didn't come from Oxford or from Eatonton, if you didn't come from any of those theological seminaries, Regent and Liberty, Fuller and Southern, you didn't have a stake in this culture. And now the majority of your businesses is ran by high school and college dropouts. Excuse me, high school and college deprioritizers. The best way to get a job is through a skill. It's not who you know or where you've been, but what you can do. The tide is changing. The spirit is being poured out in all flesh, black and whites and reds and yellows and greens and golds are finding a way to work together. And for the first time in a long time, despite all that's happening with Donald and old Ron DeSantis, don't nobody care about Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas don't even care about Clarence Thomas. Despite all of the things that you hear and you see on your TV screens, there is this resurgence of life that is being breathed into our communities. The Spirit of God is pouring out on all flesh. With that pour out comes the ultimate completion when everyone, everyone who is looking towards the name and call will be saved. That is the glory of the end time. That is the miracle and the blessing of Pentecost. This morning, as my dear granny is coming to pray for us, I ask us to consider. To consider where we find ourselves in this glorious conversation. Will we embrace the unity that God has set out for us? Will we deny our affiliations and ideals and separations and I'm not telling you leave your church. I'm just saying that you understand that that's what it is, your church. 
there is the faith, and then it's your church. If you believe in communion every Sunday and choir robes and marching down the aisle and doing it in the college hour, that's your business. But just because Johnny come in there with jeans and his hat on backwards and the smoke pops about to float don't mean he's going to hell. Just like the communion people who have the red liquor every Sunday, they're not going to hell either. When we understand that our preferences is what we're dealing with and not our theology. Our theology is one faith, one Lord, and one baptism. And when that becomes the centerpiece of our conversation, then we can start to make our way towards that blessed day when all can call and all can be saved. My dear grandmother. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Seek good and not evil, that ye may live. Seek the Lord. Ye shall live as ye break. Most holy and all wise, as we come this morning, help us, dear God, to look to you for whence cometh our health and strength. We thank you, dear God, for this beautiful day you have let us see. And we thank you, God, that we were able to hear your word. And God, help us to remember what you have taught us. Help us to remember what your word has said. Help us, dear God, to put you first. You said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all things will be added. Help us to seek you, and knowing that you are our director. You are our counselor. You are our mighty God. And we just said thank you this morning. We thank you for the word that we have heard this morning. And we ask you this morning to remember what you have sent to us this morning. And help us, O oh God, to walk in the light of your word. We just thank you this morning. For ears to hear and heart to receive your word. We thank you, dear God, because you are who you are and because you love us so much. And we just praise you and magnify your name. This fall day, God, help us to remember those that have served for this country, those that have put this country first in their lives. Help us to remember and give honor to honor who honor is due. Help us, O oh God, to trust you obey you. We just thank you for all things this morning, and we praise you, magnify your name, and we glorify you, God, because of who you are and for what you are all about. We just thank you, and we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory goes to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. 